chapter eighteen of transition this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. transition by emma francis brooke chapter eighteen lucilla found it horribly damp and cold and miserable in the short train journey she had to take her sensations in the omnibus drive from the station to bloomsbury were worse the rattle of the wheels over the stones made her head giddy and the jolting jarred her nerves then all alive with diseased sensitiveness as she was her fellow-passengers disgusted and sickened her a great german leaned across and bawled commonplaces into the ears of two long-suffering compatriots his pair of gesticulating fat and grimy hands spreading over their knees and under their very noses the spectacle offended lucilla i have become fastidious said she escaping with aching head and nerves from the rattle and bluster but the short walk that remained before she could reach the museum was an extremity of cold clinging evil the streets were wet and a remnant of fog too weak to descend and too feeble to escape hung in the overcharged atmosphere afflicting the body with chills and the spirit with untold depression lucilla walked on pressing her small foot down in the thin sea of mud undauntedly but her face was desperate arrived at the british museum she did not find in the reading-desk the cure she expected the dictionary and the array of books failed to inspirit her of late a singular lethargy had sometimes oppressed her and a feeling of physical weakness and uneasiness hard to comprehend every now and then she shivered at last she concluded that the effort of study was for the moment useless and leaving her books she went to the refreshment room for a cup of hot coffee it was no use returning to her work immediately the power of concentration seeming to have left her and when she came out of the refreshment room she began to wander aimlessly about looking at one thing after another but with scant interest and poor attention at last she paused wearily under the pedestal of one of the nereids the galleries felt at once close and chilly everything was vault-like and no object had the power to catch her thought from its own preoccupation it returned now to the conversation with honora it was because honora has not got it in her to reject my advice that i talked as i did said she to herself but what would i not give to be able to speak effectually in the same strain to my own self and yet it was foolish random talk with a bit of good advice embedded in it what would honora make of it all i wonder what lies under her fine serenity does she perhaps love leslie littleton how she would support his life and transfix it she wandered round the room glancing cursorily at the sculptures and returned to the same spot she stood quite still close against the nereid who with bare foot and wind-filled garments seemed ready to rush past her 
yes continued lucilla to herself i would give a good deal to be able to tender such sane and obvious advice to my own mind with a chance of getting it accepted a whimsical smile altered the thin cheek for a moment but i'm fatally against my own self it is always something mystic sharp that speaks through me i have a goad in my own hand to turn against my own breast if i want to step aside for a moment something urges me on and i can't do it what significance there is in everything the one thing befalls us that can befall at that moment she turned her head with a restless movement the arch to the right of the mausoleum was she found occupied by a passing figure and when she saw it the crimson rushed into her cheek and her heart gave a sickening movement in her breast it was months since she had seen paul sheridan and that was he who had gone by the passing figure disappeared he was walking aimlessly as though infected by the day's depression presently he returned lucilla's eyes were still fixed on the open arch an incredible choking bitterness had assailed her at the sight of him she did not dream of running forward to accost him now her foot indeed seemed rooted to the ground and a presentiment of impending fate was the uppermost feeling of her mind but this time he saw her raised his hat and advanced smiling my successful friend said lucilla holding out her hand with a dry air paul's cheek coloured sensitively he was eagerly glad to see her again he had so sincere a feeling of friendship for the girl and had missed her at every turn of his life her late attitude towards himself and others was to him a painful mystery his information concerning her being of the scantiest instinctively he felt himself to be somehow an offender but he had not the least idea of the reason and his single object was to soothe and conciliate it is a very long time since we met said he are you very busy reading i was just taking an off quarter of an hour from my desk i did not see you in the reading-room said she nor i you perhaps we were both too industrious but won't you come along now and look at greek vases with me i should prefer a more unsophisticated pottery said she with the same dry smile all right let us visit primitive man he returned glad of as much concession as was implied in her consent to accompany him having secured so much he led the way in the rapid insistent manner natural to him his movements contrasted strongly with the soft weary step of the girlish figure that followed near him lucilla looked slimmer and more feminine than ever her face tinted and altered by his presence was turned towards him reluctantly and her eyes followed every movement of his with a curious and notable expression there was prescience in her look and it lent momentary majesty to features that were chiselled for tenderer emotions turning round suddenly to speak to her he caught the import of her glance took a step back and walked beside her he had been turning over in his mind the wisdom of questioning her and now suddenly decided you have not been amongst us lately said he you have avoided us have i 
said lucilla wearily i think you have said he i hope there has not been any special cause i have missed you i should be sorry if you left us would you paul the voice that floated from her lips was soft and weary like the twitter of a winter bird when snows are on the ground and berries scarce indeed i should said he with friendly heartiness lately he added in a gentler tone i missed your congratulations lucilla that was the signal for a tumult of the brain she felt her own thoughts shake before her were there not enough then asked she with cold self-restraint why should i add mine to such a common heap his face fell a little at her tone and reply oh never mind he returned cheerily i dare say you did not think the occasion worth while after all my return to parliament is a matter of very relative importance only i missed you the heart was too kind to allow itself to be hurt and you yourself were glad she asked oh very it will take up an enormous amount of time but there was hardly anything that seemed to me so useful to do besides i like it and you sought it oh yes i put all i was into the election it's no use doing things by halves and then came praises yes i had fairly to be rescued by devoted friends from the hands of the enthusiastic electors paul was determined not to allow her cold manner to annoy or drive him away he was hurt but would not show it just so and you had no sense of nausea nausea why no what do you mean lucilla i meant to come out top if i could possibly compass it and when i did compass it of course i was glad that my fellows hurrahed and you do not distrust this success not particularly i am fully conscious of the limitations of our social knowledge still i wanted our programme to be everybody's programme the next thing is to get into parliament to push it the year has brought us on so fast said she twelve short months ago they were still throwing mud and stones at you now they bespatter you with flatteries i get my fair share of abuse still if that's a comfort to you lucilla he returned with a genial smile i tolerate the mud and i can survive the flattery they both just come in in the day's work my faith will not carry me over this era of praise what does that mean you are not going back on socialism surely i lucilla started indeed no it is not i who am going back i hope said paul with the first hint of irritation in his voice that you are not going to accuse me of doing so i suppose it is the method we have differed about that before they went on in silence side by side until they reached the potteries of early man here they paused sheridan taking occasion to glance at his companion was suddenly struck by ruth at the pallor and sadness of the young face beside him he was in two minds whether to relinquish the conversation or to continue it in his perplexity he stood for a moment with downcast eyes passing his hand over his moustache as was his wont in moments of indecision after all what had this slight creature to do with the rough struggle which formed so large a portion of his life had he not better leave her with some mere gentle assurance of undiminished kindliness and friendship rather than seek to carry her through an argument that he suspected was too harsh for her 
he did not decide upon his action when he looked up she was staring absently at the cases he came near the thought of his own annoyance absolutely extinguished and regarded her with a very kindly light in his eyes and lucilla stood still seeing across the cases and the stony remains of an age long dead the burning undiminished future of her dreams won't you look at these things said he and forget my delinquencies i believe i could tell you something about them i am afraid i am a very imperfect person but won't you forget that and give me what credit is my due remember he added in a still more musical voice that i am not able am not able to clothe myself with an ideal that is not mine but yours will you not trust me it is painful to me to be distrusted by a friend one expects it from a stranger or a foe but not from a friend lucilla her own name uttered in that tone struck her dumb she could not upbraid him but her mind was wide awake to her own meaning and her heart burnt sickened and saddened she felt acutely the divergence between them apparently he had never understood her certainly he was not understanding her now but then did she understand him supposing after all we are strangers she thought a great tremor went through her and she looked towards him with a new light in her eyes in which something of fear commingled sheridan catching the look returned it with one of inquiry afterwards he remembered and it was a lifelong memory that expression in her pale set face the meeting of their eyes startled her again into speech his own look became more wistful tenderer i cannot help it she exclaimed i don't think that it is personal it is that i distrust this phase it seems to me we must be fatally wrong to have reached it that is surely unreasonable he replied some part of what we set ourselves to bring about has come or is coming to pass we ought to congratulate ourselves hesitation just now would be a poor sort of tribute to our faith lucilla threw out her hands with an expressive gesture it has all been done through compromise not the very least said he it has been done through educating people in particular social notions until they came to accept them to me it is as though we had passed into the enemy's citadel by the simple process of selling our standard sheridan flushed angrily he was deeply hurt but he mastered himself out of consideration for her what would you have me do other than i have done said he quietly lucilla turned drawing herself up tensely and wearing in her eye a fierce bright spark do she cried i want you to come out of society and not be in it at all above all i want you to defy the miserable hypocrisy of our representative government i cannot bear you to take part in it you paul you ought to be the last to have entered that degrading place of shams which we call our parliament you should have remained outside to speak truths to them like swords sheridan's anger melted at once before the girl's passion his manner perceptibly mildened and he looked down on the ground with a musing smile all this what i ought to do said he what is it that i do you have taken their methods and used them to your own ends the girl's figure still quivered from the intensity of the flame that burned within paul threw back his head with a light laugh 
just so said he to the service of the social idea rather and what can i do better than that i am in the world for the purpose and i think i shall make some shift to talk swords as you call it inside the walls of parliament as well as outside but i want you she began you want me to be very heroic and very foolish and very rash he looked at her kindly and the blood mounted to her cheek a momentary perplexity came into her eyes don't you see he pursued seeing his advantage that you give away your own case what i have done is precisely what i ought to do he is a bad soldier who betrays his own cause out of rashness but come on i want to show you the bone scratchings the girl bent and broke for a moment under the influence of the strong man oh paul she cried with a desperate catch in her voice as they walked on and turning to him out of old blind habit for consolation and help i was so happy in the old days so happy and so certain in the days i mean when we used to have tea in my rooms and when we made conspiracies against society and everybody despised us a hint of something childlike and small reached him through her voice an answering flash came into his face it changed again and softened then he pressed nearer turning his tones to a very gentle key and when we despised everybody hey i'm afraid we have had to learn wisdom since but there was a good deal of fun in it wasn't there and we were all very fiery and young and ignorant it was a golden time i allow but we cannot keep such things lucilla it would not be right even to try i'm afraid it is a stern lesson but we have got to pass on and to accept graver responsibilities with older years if i only could believe if i only could believe the words were almost whispered sheridan who was himself painfully impressed with the sense of limitation in the available amount of knowledge of the general social structure could not but feel this search after a short cut to social redemption to be a miserable craze come said he once more clearing his face to kindly effort it isn't as bad as all that why should you try to believe anything now i'll try to explain don't you see that the difference between you and me is the difference between the revolutionary and democratic spirit is it said lucilla forlornly yes i take into practical consideration existing surroundings and you don't it seems to me we have altogether changed we have not we always mingled sanity with our biggest dreams an extreme revolutionist looks on a perfect knowledge of what must be done to put the world right as existing side by side with intolerable conditions but such coexistence is impossible part of the evil condition is our ignorance here and there we see a little bit that obviously may be done when we've done that our little bit we shall be in a better position for fresh aspiration and fresh action because we shall know more oh said lucilla it is wintry days with me now you talk of aspiration it is lost in compromise sheridan frowned slightly he was himself too constant and faithful in his attachments not to be susceptible under the unjust blame of a friend he had hardly the heart for the moment to argue any more the energy 
died out of his voice and the light from his eyes suddenly he felt hopeless of any genuine understanding i really think i am pretty plain-spoken said he rubbing his hand nervously over the glass case in which the unsophisticated pottery lay unnoticed while lucilla's deep eyes gazed at passionate visions after all when there is only one way the wise thing is to take it no she stamped her foot carve a new way well i must leave that to you lucilla you always have overrated me a troubled colour crept into his cheek now perhaps you are falling into the other kind of injustice i am certainly not a poet you perhaps would claim to be able to see the whole tree of social progress at once frankly to me the tree runs out of sight into the clouds all i can do is to see a little bit of progress at a time and to try and find the practical ways in which it may be realized you seemed to mean so much more than that i really do not follow you he returned in still gentle and carefully restrained tones you appear to ask me to act as though things were as they are not and to blame me for not being in a world that does not exist i find facts are so and so i perceive that certain changes have come about that they are here and mean to stay for the present i must adapt my theory of action to the things which are as i perceive them to be is that all is there nothing more not ultimately all of course but for the present yes we must not forget organic continuity i think we have an effect to deal with the mass of average men and not with exceptional units the method i select is one that tells on the present democratic average my ultimate aim is to raise that average to make the average man all round a higher being than he at present is but the lever i use must be an effectual one it is no use trying something impossible oh are there no ideals any more if you want me to find ideals amongst impossibilities frankly i cannot waste my time about it i must seek my expediencies my actions my moralities amongst sturdy facts still o'er the earth hastes opportunity seeking the hardy soul that seeks for her i cannot impose an ideal upon facts what i have to do is to find out what ideal these facts are trying to compel me to you will jump with the cat sheridan moved his head angrily if you describe in that way a piece of obvious sanity said he cut to the heart the impatient movement of his fingers over the glass marked the strain on his forbearance i call you to go on cried the girl in a fire of indignation there was something in her feeling at that moment ruthless remorseless paul left the case over which they had bent without seeing its contents and walked forward through the gallery lucilla following as before both faces were strangely disturbed distrait preoccupied lucilla no longer gazed at him but straight before her through a mist paul stung by the sense of injustice where he least had occasion to expect it heartily wished the conversation had never been begun even now however a sense of the girl's trouble and weakness left the uppermost feeling one of a sincere desire to help and console for his regret at the division of opinion between them was acute and perennial 
it led him to tune his voice to a tone of studied gentleness to force back a smile to his harassed face and to make one more effort i really think you want said he to break society to pieces in your wrath now i don't in the least desire to do that i admit its misery and sickness as much as you do but i want to try and discover what is the disease so that it may cure itself my faith that society can do this is simply invincible oh she threw her hands out again with that expressive gesture you talk of faith you have let faith in method take the place of faith in principle it seems to me lucilla that the failure in faith is yours an all-or-nothing business like ibsen's brand is fatal because it is false never say that i fail in faith cried lucilla whose burning belief in the impossible was her greatest misfortune she spoke with heartfelt earnestness and a breaking voice very well lucilla said paul very quietly i will not say it i will not be as hard on you as you are on me she could not reply her breast was heavy with suspended sobs hard on him and he not hard on her the world was full of some great cloud of confusion and her own words bitterly returned to her memory now as cruel missiles that had fallen she knew not how or why but which had certainly failed to convey her meaning it was no use speaking any more speech was a mere rending of each spirit with theories and their friendship lay like a torn thing between them how was it that the little rift in the lute had widened to this ruined music paul's heart was full of ruth at what had happened he would have given much to erase the impression from his own mind and from hers but he was conscious that every reach he had made across this chasm of divergent opinion to the reality of friendship beyond had been repulsed by the girl and that with bitter words he looked pale and worried and kept raising his hand nervously to his moustache he found it hard to bear the implied blame from lucilla he regretted her attitude missed her sympathy and disliked her discouragement and all the time it chafed him to be unable to detect whence the difference arose neither was responsible and neither was to blame phases of mind and character are not synchronous even between friends and the people who jostle each other in the street are not of the same hour or century this makes the difficulty and delicacy in human intercourse the pain of it and the sweetness of forbearance and forgiveness or the bitterness of anger and revenge but after all to sheridan when the most was said the incident was but one in the day a thousand calls would presently obliterate it from his mind as they neared the entrance to the bus gallery he shook off the depression which had seized him and turned to lucilla with rather a chilly bright air lucilla to whom on the contrary every one of his words had fallen like a never lifting pall stopped short feeling that the interview was at an end paul drew out his watch and glanced at it they stood under the five-legged assyrian bull whose stony brutality might well have represented to one at least of the pair the barbarity of circumstance besides divergence of opinion the barrier of sex was between them lucilla was too preoccupied to feel it the better instructed man was sharply conscious of it for the moment since all naturalness and spontaneity and coincidence of thought had passed out of their friendship nothing remained but for him to leave her alone he was not her lover 
the only right he had in her was the right that came from her spontaneous allegiance that gone he was not in a position to attempt a conquest i must be off he said holding out his hand to bid her adieu his face pale and full of ruth and compunction i am due at an appointment in less than a quarter of an hour good-bye i am sincerely sorry we have differed try and do as much justice to me as you can i shall always think well of you but don't expect too much of me i am nothing after all but a strong earth-man not the least of an angel you know adieu oh revoir he held her hand warmly for a second his eyes asking pardon the while hers did not grant it and then he turned away lucilla looked after him in dumb agony to her the termination of the interview had terrible significance for she knew that it had pushed her over the brink End of chapter eighteen